0: Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, for Monday, Uh, September 27th, 2021. What's going on? How's it going? How's it going with you? You know, I went out last night to go do some, uh, you know, do some stand-up there, because I got Red Rocks coming up on... um, Thursday, there, I hadn't done my act, because I had a cold last week, so I was like, all right, let me uh, fucking dust off the rust here, the act, so I don't go out and fucking eat my balls out on the road, all right, you can't take four or five fucking days off and then go out on the road when people paid to see, you know, you bringing it. You can't just show up and just drop it at the door. You know, I and mean, here's my shit jokes. You can't do that. You got to fucking kick the door open, right? And you got to shit all over the theater. No. You got to fucking do it. So I went out last night and I, I don't know how it happens. You know, it's like the sun's out until like fucking 30, nine o'clock at night almost sometimes the height of the summer and then you don't even pay attention. Then all of a sudden, somebody mentions, oh, yeah, we're going to be, uh, you know, turning the, clocks, uh, turning the clocks back, you know, in a couple of weeks. So last night I was paying attention. Like the fucking sun was going down at like 7.05. I'm like, how the fuck did I lose two hours of sunlight without even noticing? I'll tell you how. You lose just like, you know, a minute, minute and a half each day. You know what I mean? It's like being in a relationship. We think everything's going great. You know? You got your little place you go to, you guys got your little jokes and everything, but everything seems like it's fine. Every day you're losing a minute and a half of the love you had for each other. This is getting sad. (laughs) Should have picked something else. All right. It's like you went into COVID going, all right, I'm gonna use this time to get fucking shredded. You know? be over in six weeks. Don't worry about it. You know, I'll fucking get on, you know, walk around the neighborhood, my mask on, you know, looking like one of those fucking people that's allergic to the sun. I'll do that. I mean, I'm a ginger. I'm basically allergic to the sun. Sun does not like me. Sun started it. I had no problem with the sun. I've never done anything to the sun. Um, and I was doing great. And all of a sudden, I don't, I don't know what happened. I just fucking... Uh, I know what happened. For some dumb reason, I learned how to make a malted milkshake. I ordered malt. You know? Which is kind of ironic, because I finally got the booze out of my life. And I, You know? Maybe it was the malt the whole time. Maybe that's what I was addicted to. No, I never drank malt liquor. I did that, like, one time. That stuff is fucking horrific. It's like... Mrs. Buttersworth meets fucking Pabst Blue Ribbon, which, by the way, is a terrible fucking beer. I don't give a fuck what these hipsters say. You know, when they needed blue-collar credit, so they started drinking that fucking beer. Ugh. They got PBR on ice. Oh, do they? Do they got that swill on ice? (laughs) (laughs) That beer always sucked. Um, And it was an entire generation of people that drank it because other people that they thought were cool were drinking it and they were drinking it because they weren't cool and thought working for a living was cool and they needed an identity. So they started drinking that fucking swill. Um, sorry, just my opinion. So yeah, I was just like, wow, man, that sucks. So the clocks are going to fall, fall back, spring forward, fall back. So the sun's already going to be going down. If we did it today, it'd go down at six o'clock at night. Um, But then immediately I was like, well, wait a minute. That usually means like the holidays are coming. The the beginning of it getting darker earlier is great because that means the holidays are coming. You know, if you like your life, you're looking forward to the holidays. If you don't, you're like, oh God. Uh, she probably wants me to give her the ring. Fuck! What can I get her? What can I get her that'll be big enough that the disappointment of not getting her a ring again this year it's gonna work. Um. By the way, if you're playing that game, uh, break up with them now before you change the clocks. Just break up with them. Get out. All right. If you if you're doing that fucking math in your head, what gift can I buy this person? So I don't have to get him a ring. You don't, you're not gonna get her the ring because you don't wanna marry her. Right? Keep all of that money. Let her get on with her life. You could get on with your life, or vice versa. Can you imagine being a woman in a fucking relationship, right? And you're sitting there not liking the dude, you're like, he's starting to hint like he's gonna fucking pop the question. And you're fucking panicking, going, oh my God, is he going to do this at like a fucking L.A. Kings game? And I'm just going to have to say yes right then and there, just so he doesn't look like a douche on the Jumbotron. Yeah, just get out now. Before the clocks fall back. I'm going to do this with you guys every year. This is the... This is the spring cleaning in the fall. Do you need to get out of your... Are you in a relationship and there's this fucking dread? I don't mean it's dread because you got to work on some stuff. Everybody has that. But it's just really like, I just don't want to do this. There you go. It's a great opening line. Can we talk? Yes. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then you just got to fucking... You got to go Norm Macdonald there. Rest his soul. Well, he delivers the joke, and you don't laugh, and he just stares right back at you because he knows he's right. You know you're right. You know you don't want to do it. <clears throat> so anyway, but if you're in a relationship that you're happy to be in, which I am, thank God. Um, all I was thinking about was, uh, oh, that means the holidays are coming up. Halloween's coming up. I can make my old pumpkin bread, there. You know. Oh, Billy the Baker putting on the apron. Uh, gonna have a great fucking time. Did I tell you guys I made a fucking uh, cheesesteak? Do I keep bringing this up? I was so fucking excited. All these years, years, decades of living out here in L.A., and they don't make a fucking, uh, uh, sorry, a steak and cheese. They Everybody tries to make a fucking cheesesteak, which I'm not into. I like the steak and cheese where they fucking chop the fucker up. You know what I mean? Provolone, I'm not into the whiz Um, no disrespect meant for, uh, uh, Philadelphia's heart attack sandwich. I like the Boston area heart attack sandwich. That's where my child sense memory goes. So right now, you know, was my second fuck up. I went out and I bought malt so I could make a malted milk at home. Right. And then I fucking, uh, learned how to make a fucking, A steak and cheese. Stupid fucking moves. But you know what? I also learned how to make a summer salad. Balsamic vinaigrette and some strawberries and goat cheese with some candied pecans. Oh, Jesus, Bill. Yeah, this is what sobriety sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) It's just fucking... Uh, Just trying to fill the time. Just knowing that you're going to remember every second of every fucking day. Trying out different hobbies. Oh my God. Can you imagine the shit you could have achieved if you weren't sitting at that fucking bar stool all of these years? The stuff you could have got done. But you know, I have learned that achieving is not living. Maybe if you're going after a dream, but you know what I mean? After a while, it's just like, yeah, you're just kind of working, you know? I'm on a fucking, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I really don't. I just want to fucking uh, hang out with my kids, do my kids are hilarious. So my son, we got this thing called a sleep sack. They got all these, all these people who bitch about being fucking parents. You know, unless you're broke, I get it right but if you got a little bit of fucking, you know, if you got a job, okay, the amount of fucking things that you can buy that make your fucking life so much easier, they got these things called sleep sacks. They didn't have these when I was a kid, right? You know, you, you basically, you put your kid, you know, get them all ready for bed, pajamas and all of that, and then there's just this thing. It's just it's like a fucking sleeping bag, and it just zips up, but their arms are outside of it. You can fucking clip the little uh, pacifier to it, which you could never... You, pacifiers are just a fucking pacifier. You spit that thing out like a mouthpiece, like some fighter that's getting his ass kicked trying to fucking get a freestanding eight count, you know? And it was on the ground. You had to keep going in there as a parent. The sleep sack is like weighted. It has a little bit of weight, so it gives them comfort, and then it's also, you know, they can't... Uh, they can't... Oh, hang on a second. This is my... uh I'll say rapid, rapid test. Let's find out now. Um, anyway, um, it has a little bit of weight to it, so they, they, they can't really sit up or whatever. So they'll stay laying down. They chill out. Obviously, it's not so heavy that they can't breathe. It's not like there's a fucking varmint sitting on them. I love that word, varmint. And I also like varmints in general. I just feel like they're not really animals. Like, they were like things that were like trying to grow into something and they just stopped, you know? Like, I don't know, is a badger and a, and a wolverine, are those things? It's like a bear fucked a skunk. <laughs> That's what they made. And neither one of them wanted to keep it and they just let the thing loose into nature and it's just a, it just takes out all of its anger on all the other animals because, you know, it's real parents rejected them. Um, Yeah, like raccoons. It's like a bear fucked a cat. I mean, there's just something going. They just don't seem like a bear looks like a bear. You know, a giraffe's a giraffe, a lion's a lion. But you look at varmints, you're like, what what was that supposed to be? You know, I think that was one of those ones that God kind of had on the shelf and he was eventually going to get around to it. Like that car you got sitting in your front yard and then just one day you just kick it down the road, as Richard Rawlings would say. he just sell the fucking thing. I feel like that's what varmints are. God just kicked it down the road. Like, you know what? I'll make 200 bucks in this thing. <laughs> dump, it on, dump it on the earth. I think God did that a lot with his or her work, you know, especially with human beings. I just feel like a lot, there was a lot of times he had like big plans to really do a, the proper build on a human being and then just was like, you know, I'm just, I just don't have the time, you know. I got all this other shit I have to do. I got to make sure, you know, I'll you know, make all of these earths and the rules of threes or whatever these nerds figured out. And, you know, it, it's like I know a lot of guys that like to build, but they hate to paint. I feel like God's like that. <laughs> God doesn't like to paint. Um, He'll build a house, but it's going to rot out in a fucking year after the rain season. Um, So anyway, my son has figured out how to get out of the sleep sack. Unzip the thing, right? So the other day I came in and he didn't have it on. He had the biggest grin on his face. He was so proud of himself and he was expecting me to give him the accolades Like he did this great thing and he was so proud of himself as much as I was like, Oh no, he figured out how to get it out of that thing. I had to be like, yeah, buddy, you did it. You figured out how to, that's great. You know, what am I going to do? It's better than the alternative, him just sitting there like, I can't figure it out. (laughs) You're like, Oh no, he got my brain. So, but he was going to get my wife's brain. So fortunately got my wife's brain and, um, he figured it out. Right. So, um, my wife was away this weekend at a wedding. And, uh, so I had the kids and of course, you know, people are fighting off colds and stuff. And, um, so my son would get upset at night. So I would go in there. So I went in there and, you know, I brought in a bottle and I change him and his pajama bottoms, you know, they were a little wet or whatever. So I, I didn't, and I wasn't going to rummage around trying to find some new, because you know, I'm in the dark, you know? When you get them up, you don't want to like talk to them and wake them up. You're just sort of like comforting them, you know? And then you're just doing it and then you give them the bottle, put the sleep sack on and then you're done, right? So I do the whole thing. I just put a diaper on and then put pajama bottoms on, right? So he goes to sleep. It works like a charm. I get a great night's sleep and then I wake up. I hear him making noise. So I go down the hall to go in there and I go walking in there and not only has he taken off the sleep sack, he also removed his diaper. So he's sitting there, butt ass naked from the waist down. Same look on his face, like, "Huh? I did it." Huh? <laughs> so I start cracking up, and then I'm like, "Oh God, please tell me he didn't make he didn't pee the bed. Please tell me. Thank God he didn't." And I was just cracking up. Um, that was one of the best laughs I've had in a while. The look of like accomplishment on his face and they looking at you like hey huh I did it <laughs> so um, I gotta tell you man we had an awesome weekend everybody obviously missed mom being around but um, we had a fucking great time nice and chill it was just like uh, what do you guys want for breakfast you know you know, I want this, I want that. I go, you know what, this is, I want to make some French toast. My daughter's like, I don't want French toast. French toast is yucky. I go, you never had it. She goes, no, nah. you know, collapses onto the floor. They always have those James Brown moments, you know, where you, you feel like you got to run over and put a cape around them. Uh, what was that song, Please, 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 when he would sing that? Yeah, your kids do that. They just, just immediately. Jack, can I have a popsicle? Uh, Not yet, buddy. You got to finish up your broccoli. Oh, they just fucking, <laughs> they're fucking, like a building imploding. So, um, yeah, I found this quick little recipe and I made this French toast and uh, I got to tell you something, total silence in the kitchen when they were eating. That's when you know you crushed it as a cook. All you hear is just fucking people chowing down and I fed some to my son. He never had French toast before and he ate it and looked at me and did like this big, you know, Big cheesy smile. I'm like, all right, this is perfect. This is perfect. Then we watched a little bit of Bluey. I went outside. You know, I threw some pitches to my daughter. She was crushing it, the lefty, trying to hit it over the wall. Just really had a great weekend, man. Um, having said that, psyched my wife is back, so I can, uh, you know, share some of the duty here. But uh, it was a great, great, great time. Um, I went to a game on Sunday. Had a person come over and babysit because I had the, uh, I went to go see the Rams and the, uh, what was it, the Buccaneers. And old Billy Freckles bet on Tom Terrific and the Buccaneers not counting on that Rams defense. Uh, They played amazing. And I don't know who that Cooper Cup guy is, but fucking... Tampa had no answers for that guy. Um, and I think they could have scored even more points. You know, one point, and I remember in the first half, they, um, what's his face, under threw the receiver, hit the uh, defensive back right between the numbers in the back. I thought they were going to call pass interference, but they didn't. But anyway, the real story of the game, Brady looked great as always. You know, it was just sort of the, he, you know, the defense just didn't, could not stop them from uh, the Rams from scoring. Uh, Rams D looked fucking great, uh, as did uh, Stafford look great with that offense. So uh, they were a lot better than I thought they were. But Jesus Christ, can the Rams get some better uniforms? They're not even white. Those things look like old towels, and you don't have any bleach. This, I don't know what is wrong with that classic classic blue and yellow uniform they're fucking great but those they look like they were wearing long underwear look like a bunch of prospectors um but anyway uh the real story of the game is SoFi Stadium Are you listening Dallas SoFi Stadium is the greatest sports arena I've ever been in in my life. As far as like, you know, obviously, there's no mistake, there's no history. As far as the new ones that have been built, it was fucking unbelievable. And I walked in there wanting to hate it. There was nothing wrong with the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. This is environmental disaster. All this material you use, which you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Holy shit. I was all ready to hate that fucking TV where they were like, it's even bigger than the one in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. It's like, that fucking TV stinks. I remember when that thing came out and I was teasing, I was working the Dallas Improv and I was teasing all of them. That whole Dallas, it's, it's bigger. That means it's better, right? Bigger's better. It's like, yeah, no, sometimes it's just bigger. And I was joking, going, you spent all that money on that fucking TV. And within, like, eight years, you're just going to have the biggest old-ass TV in the fucking world hanging from that goddamn ceiling. Um, And the one in Dallas Cowboys Stadium was unbelievably distracting. But I got to tell you, um, the way they did it, they must have learned from the Cowboys Stadium. Because the way they did it, this thing was not distracting. And it actually enhanced, like... um the whole experience, because you could just sit there. The sight lines were flawless, and then if there was, because we were sitting down low, you know, if they got a little farther to the, on the other side of the field, if you you know, with football, if you sit really down low, there is that depth of perception you're going to kind of lose. Um, you could just glance up at the TV and see, you know, because sometimes, you know, if you're being like an angle, if you're too low, it's like, Was that a loss of three yards or a gain of seven? Like, you can't tell when they're running like a sweep Um, to the opposite side you're sitting on. It It was absolutely perfect. I will tell you, there was like, I took like, I felt like 19 escalators because they built it down into the ground. And I was joking with my buddy who had the tickets. I'm like, dude, if North Korea shot a missile right now, I think we'd be okay. Um, We had to take like 19 escalators to go in all the way down. And you didn't even feel like you were in a stadium. I felt like I was in a fucking Nordstrom. Like I was going to go buy a button-down shirt for the road or something. And uh, when you come through the tunnel and just see the arena and how big it is, and it was jam-packed, it was like, I I just kept going, holy shit. Which is funny, because when I saw the first time I walked up to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, I think I have that on on a long-ago podcast podcast. I was walking up to it, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. I just kept going, holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit, right? Um, But this one, uh, yeah, because I would say I I think as far as all the new stadiums I went to, like the Atlanta Falcons one is incredible, but this SoFi Stadium is next level, so at some point – I'm going to go to a Raiders game. Fucking Raiders who fucked me yesterday. Fucking asshole. Goddamn fucking prevent defense. I swear to God. Is there anything worse when you fucking you bet a game and you haven't won? And then they just go into the prevent and they give up a fucking touchdown? It's so... Ugh. You know what's funny? I actually... Saw, when we were at the game yesterday, you know that fan that just yells out The obvious? It was a fan like diagonally behind me and the Rams were up like 14 they might have been up 3 scores like 17 with like 7 minutes left and they had the ball and the guy goes all right come on let's go let's work the clock you got to work the clock here oh is that what they're supposed to do i thought they wanted to do a quick three and out throw a couple of incompletions and take a knee and then punt it back to them but it just Work the clock. But he probably had money on the game like me, so he was probably that was probably his like, you know, anxiety. And speaking of anxiety, I didn't even see one second of the Raiders Dolphins game. I'm sitting there watching, they're up, dolphins are up 14 to nothing to start the game. I'm like, ah, fuck. Right? And then all of a sudden I see it's 14 to five. I'm like, all right, that's weird. Field goal and a safety. Then it was 14-12. Then it was 1917. Then somehow it was like fucking 25 to uh, 16. I don't even know what the fuck. I don't know what it was. All I know they were down. Oh, no, 17. They were down like eight points. And it was like two minutes left. I'm like, who has the ball? And he goes, the Dolphins. I go, they're gonna score. Two minutes left. They're gonna go in the pre You know, take away the sidelines. Give them the middle of the field. And then they just go right down the fucking field. There's like a minute something left. And they, I see my buddy's got, like, he could see who had the ball and they would show where it was. They were like down on like the five yard line. And I'm like, all right, this is four down territory, as they say, let's hope for a stop. And I'm like, they're going to score here and then lose by fucking two because they're not going to make the two point conversion. And then the Dolphins score and they make the two point conversion. So then I'm still in it. Because so I think I was given four. Laying four. So I'm like, all right. Maybe they go down and Raiders could score a touchdown. I was like, kick a field goal. Fucking cunts. Like, how do, you, how do you factor that in? How the fuck do you factor in the prevent defense when you're gambling? <clears throat> I swear to God, that's why you have to take the underdog. The underdog... Will help you with the the prevent defense. If you if you bet on the favorite, you're fucked every fucking time, man. Every goddamn time. So, anyways, I want to thank everybody that came out to um if I haven't already, I can't remember everybody who came out to Amoeba Records and uh, for the record signing the double album, Bill Burr live at Madison Square Garden Uh, was such a cool experience. They asked me, like, what sort of, uh, what music do I want to listen to? So I, they said, uh, I forget who I suggested. They said, we're going to play some Van Halen. I'm like, even better. So they played Van Halen's greatest hits. So they went through David Lee Roth. Sorry, hit the light there. David Lee Roth, right, to, uh, right through Sammy Hagar. And uh, it was amazing. I felt like a fucking rock star. And it was a great, another thing I noticed, great mix of people came down. So it really made me feel good that, you know, you know, if it was a bunch of angry, white freckled cunts, I'd be like, all right, well, I mean, you know, that's great. But when you get more of a wide variety of people coming down there, it was really cool. And you actually, yesterday when I was at the game, I had a couple of young kids say that they liked my act, a couple of Latino dudes, and then I was walking out of the, the stadium, this old black dude in a tracksuit. Was hey man, you're a funny motherfucker. Was like the biggest compliment ever. I'm like, I made that guy laugh. Nice. Cause that goes back to that that one of the great educations I ever got was in the summer of eighty six when I saw Rodney Dangerfield, rest his soul, um at Greatwoods in Mansfield, Massachusetts, his career yet again was going through the ceiling with uh, the movie Back to School. And um, I saw him and he fucking crushed. I was like, wow, this is amazing, you know? And I was just looking at the crowd going, wow, this guy's killing. And then like a couple weeks later after that, I saw Eddie Murphy on the Raw tour, if you can believe that, wearing the purple suit. I had lawn seats. I was way the fuck up there. I was basically watching him on the TV and the weather girls opened up And when Eddie was there, it was a mixed crowd. And I just remember that always clicked with me. Like, this guy is making everybody laugh. Like, this is transcending his world, and it's just getting everybody. And I remember thinking, I don't know why, that just... Maybe because I was listening to uh, all these different comedy albums. And you could kind of hear what the crowd looked like by their laughs. And I remember there was like, um, you know... Only a few guys just seemed like they, the, the laughs you, you heard, like, everybody. And um, he was one of them. So that always stuck with me. So that was a really huge compliment um, for me walking out of that stadium as I lost my bet. Jesus Christ. Um, all right, let's do, let's do the reads here for the week. I'm going to hit pause at some point. I got to take my fucking COVID test, which is a rapid test. I wonder if I can find out while I'm doing the podcast. (laughs) All right, Simply Safe, everybody. There's big news from my favorite home security company. Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. That's right, Simply Safe, the system that US News and World Reports names best home security system of 2021, just got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced uh, technology and security features you want and need to help keep you and your family safe. It has an ultra-wide, 140-degree field of view, so you can keep watch over your entire yard. It has 180p, whatever that means, HD resolution with an eight-time zoom. That means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. It has a built-in spotlight with color night vision so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. It's super simple to set up and usually just takes minutes. And it has an easy-to-remove rechargeable battery so it doesn't need an outlet and can go anywhere on your property. Uh, This camera has... Has it all and, inter- and integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together, it means every door, window, and room are protected, and now your property will be too. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/slash/burr. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering twenty percent off your entire new system and first month of monitoring service for free. Uh, when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's com slash um, All right. And with that, I should probably get into uh, maybe answer one question before I take my test here. Um, or I could talk about the gym. Finally got back uh, from the road and went to the gym, and uh, I did the whole lat pull-down thing and all of that shit, and I didn't have any fucking problems with my rotator cuff, so I really feel like I am now on my way to getting back and getting shredded and having a physique that makes me like myself. Um, I'm just happy to be fucking back in the gym. Jesus Christ. I mean, there's only so many, like, fucking salads and stretching that you can fucking do, all right? I grew up in the 80s. It was all about what are you benching, you know what I mean? So i that's, like, my safe space, I feel. Um, all right, supersonic flight. Somebody wrote in. I was talking about this last week where, um, actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about how I always wanted to get on the uh, Concord and fly to Europe. Like, it always just seemed like the most James Bond thing you could ever fucking do. And um, and then lo and behold, like a few weeks later, I was at Newark Airport and this um, advertisement for um, United Airlines saying that they were bringing it back in 2029. I was like, holy shit, that is amazing. So, and then I talked about supersonic flight. So obviously I made some mistakes. So this is really cool. Um, I hope more pilots write in because I find this shit fascinating. I think even if you don't fly, All of this is really interesting. Listen to this shit. Supersonic flight. Hello, Bill Aerodynamic Head Burr. (laughs) I think it's aerodynamic. It's more like a blimp. Um, Or a hot air balloon. I am an aerospace engineer. Oh! That's what people do when somebody really smart comes to the room, you can't handle it. Oh, look at you, all smart. Oh, Jesus, why don't you teach me something? (laughs) How funny is that? It's like it's like it's their fault that not only are they smart, that they applied themselves. Oh, what, are you going to slum it and hang out with us now? He's an aerospace engineer. <laughs> what do you make, planes? Um, I wish smart people had more fucking, well, they'd have to, then we would make them dumb because I think they just look at morons like that and go, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I do. I wish they actually just talked a little more shit. What are you, drawing airplanes? Uh, designing them. You fucking dope. What do you do? Uh, some job that I was mentally prepared for in the third grade, you dumb fuck. What do you, drive a truck? Hey, dude, you shouldn't make fun of what somebody does for a living. That's what the fuck you just did. All right, dude, relax. Uh, I am an aerospace engineer graduate. Writing in to clarify your queries. Look at that! Right out of the bat, my queries. It sounds oddly fucking homophobic. Hang on a second. Let's. I gotta look up queries. Is that some fucking douchey way of saying questions? Queries. Meaning. A group of home. No, I'm kidding. Um. Let's see. What do we got here? A question, especially one addressed. To an official organization. Oh. That's when the fucking regular people, the truck drivers, start questioning the aerospace guys, you know, what they're wasting all the money on. Okay. How come they can't design a fucking inflatable ring to help them not get hemorrhoids when they're delivering the tools and the the, the fucking materials that these aerospace engineer guys need to build their shit so they can feel smart. Um. All right, I'm writing in to clarify your queries regarding supersonic flight and Mach numbers. Oh, God bless you. What you stated regarding regarding regarding, regarding Mach number on your 20th September podcast was correct. Woo! That's because I read it. Uh, the Mach number named after the physicist Ernest Mach. I love these scientists, man. You know what I mean? They have no gift to gab, so they can't get pussy. So what they have to do is invent something and then name it after themselves. I mean, that is drive. You have to respect that. How you doing, ladies? Uh, Hi, hi. I like your glasses. Yeah, I'm Ernest Mock. You know those jet fighters out there in the tarmac? Those cute pilots you want to fuck—they fly Mach three. I know it's sexy. Well, I got something sexy for you. Uh, why am I doing a fucking stud voice, sir? Well, I got something sexy for you. It's uh, it's actually named after me, Ernest Mach. I'm the guy who. Well, do you know how to fly one of those things? Well, I understand how it flies if that's any consolation. I designed it. Oh, that's interesting. So do you, like, know any of those pilots? Could you send them over? (laughs) All right, that was Ernest Mock trying to get some pussy. Um, The Mock number, named after physicist Ernest Mock. He's probably a womanizer. The ratio of an aircraft's speed to the speed of sound. So an aircraft traveling at Mach 1 is flying at the speed of sound, and at Mach 2 is moving twice the speed of sound. You also mentioned two different speeds of sound on the podcast. Yeah, I go, like, how come this one said the speed of sound is 768, and the other one said 718 or something? Um, He said, this is because the speed of sound is not constant. In atmospheric air, the speed of sound increases with air temperature. So air temperature, making the air molecules uh, further apart, creating a low-pressure system, which uh, thinner air, and obviously I guess the speed of sound can travel through it a lot easier, is what I'm guessing. Uh, if you've ever flown your chopper with the windows open or doors off, is, I think is what he means, you, you know that the air gets colder as your altitude increases, so the speed of sound goes down as you get higher. That's where I get confused. The air would get denser. Like if the atmospheric air, wait, the atmospheric air, the speed, in atmospheric air, speed of sound increases with air temperature. Increases. Meaning the speed of sound goes faster, so the number would go up. If you've ever flown your chopper with the windows open, you know that the air gets colder. As your altitude increases, so the speed of sound goes down. Oh, the speed of sound gets slower. Jesus, Bill. See, I always have to fucking, I always have to work that shit out like twice. That like messes me up. That always fucks me up because I always think high pressure, high temperature, and it isn't. High, high pressure is low as cold. Molecules all jammed together. And then low pressure is a higher temperature, air molecules spread out. And, and high pressure always wants to go to low pressure. It's like you're moving from a crowded neighborhood to a place where you can get a little, you know, space moving from the city to the countries. And that's what wind is. It's just high pressure going to low pressure. I believe that's what it is. All right, At sea level, the speed of sound is approximately 761 miles per hour while at the cruising altitude of the Concorde at 60,000 feet. The speed of sound is about 660 miles per hour. Um, And he has a table of speed, sound, and link. Dude, this shit is so fascinating. So what I was wondering is, does your fuel economy increase the higher you go? Do you get better fuel economy? No, that wouldn't make sense because then... The air, wait, the air is colder, but the air gets thinner as you go, as you go higher. Like it gets to the point where you can't, you can't breathe. Is that because of the gases? The oxygen level? I don't fucking understand that stuff. All I know is at what, at the level that I fly, 1500 feet is the hotter the day is, the more work your engine has to do, um, It has to work harder because the air is thinner so you don't get as much lift. Um, Wow, okay, that sent my brain flip-flopping around in my big fucking head. Uh, Fun little side fact that different gases have different speeds of sound. In helium, the speed of sound at sea level is about 2,250 miles per hour. And this is why your voice is squeaky when you inhale it. Now, so you're telling me if I inhale that my voice is normally coming out of my mouth at a certain mile per hour. It's now coming out of my mouth at 2,250 miles per hour. I know that can't be right. Please write back in and explain. Anyways, he says, like yourself, I am super keen to fly any supersonic flight I could. Hopefully United could get those awesome planes flying. Uh, love your podcast and your fantastic comedy, uh, so-and-so an Auss- Aussie fan. Really appreciate that. And, um, There was something in there that I've learned in aviation. Hopefully, United can get those awesome planes flying. It's like, well, they're saying they're coming in 2029. That doesn't mean it's going to happen because the FAA and all of this stuff, when they have to approve it. First of all, there's there's only like a really small amount of places where you can go to have the FAA approve new aircraft. And if you go there and you have a bad day, that usually kills the project. Because you have to get back in line. Um, it's like going to go into the fucking DMV where they don't let you, oh, I forgot, I gotta go out to my car. Can I run back up to the window? They're like, no, I hate my life, so you're gonna hate your life too. That's kind of how that FAA shit seems to work. Um, all right, I gotta take my rapid test. Let's see what Bill has. What if I have Ebola? I'll have to wrap up the, the podcast. All right, hang on. Okay, I'm back, and uh, the result of the test, you are not the father. No COVID. And I know I disappointed a lot of you. I've been a bit of a mass cunt throughout all of this. I've been talking down to a lot of you, and I want to take the time to let all of you know how good it feels to talk to you from a superior place. (laughs) (laughs) Updates, ready to install. I always say later, remind me tomorrow. When is this person, whoever sends these fucking things, going to realize I don't want any of your updates? All right. So that's fascinating. Who knew that? I mean, I don't understand. I got to look that up just so, because that's going to drive me nuts as far as uh, helium, the speed of sound uh, at sea level. In helium, the speed of sound at sea level is 20. Like, why why, why does helium make your voice sound like that? Why does helium affect your voice? Let's see what they say. No definitions found for this word. Did I spell it wrong? I used to play that comedy club. I'm back to query. Search. Search. I just, I'm going to make it dumb it down. Make your voice high, dude. I literally wrote dude. Oh, this is dictionary. I'm typing it in the wrong place. All right. Why does helium change your voice? Okay, here we go. Uh, Let's see here. Why, Why exactly does helium make your voice sound so weird? Okay, we all know inhaling, why can't they just answer? This is just why, just imprisoning people into cubicles, making them write pages and pages of shit. They could have left by 10 a.m. What is the recipe? Bang, bang, bang. You know, I've always enjoyed peanut butter and jelly. Fucking unbelievable. Or maybe I'm impatient. Okay, we all know inhaling helium makes your voice sound high and squeaky. But do you know why? Obviously I don't. I wouldn't be here. If you ever inhaled helium from a balloon at a birthday party, or maybe a bachelor party while you watched your friend get his dick sucked and you're the best man, you got to fucking block that out tomorrow. She walks down the aisle. How how much backstory are we going to give here? I mean, seeing you two together, I can just see how happy you are. (laughs) Uh, But watch the scene from My Best Friend's Wedding. You know, helium does weird things to your voice. It makes your voice high and squeaky. We all know this. Here's what it does to make your voice. First, a refresher on how your voice works. Oh, Oh my God. just reams of information. If you want to nerd out a bit more on science, here's more background. Ah, another fucking page. Wait, was that the end? Did they answer it so I have to sift through all of this shit? Smart people, can you realize there's dumb people with no attention spans out there? This is like your torture. When you talk, okay, first there's a refresher on how your voice works. When you talk, your vocal cords vibrate at a particular frequency or rate, and the movement of your vocal cord then pushes the air around it in your voice box, said the Franklin Institute chief bioscientist J. Das. J.A.T.R. Das. The motion of the air causes a sound wave that then gets picked up by the ears of your listener. The rate of this vibration, which controls the frequency and the pitch of your voice, doesn't change when you suck in helium. What does change is the sound quality of your voice, known to musicians as timbre. Different timbres are the reason why we can distinguish between a piano and a violin playing the same note. The sounds are the same pitch, but their tone, a.k.a. sound quality or timbre, are different. The human voice is made up of many different tones mixed together. When your vocal cords vibrate, they don't just vibrate at a single frequency. There's a whole mix going on, Das said. It's that mix that's one of the most important factors to sound quality. Okay, I feel like we're getting, you know, how much longer? Only an hour and a half more, kids. Just hang in there. Inhaling helium makes the higher pitch tone. Obviously, I have to know this shit. I'm just being a cunt. Inhaling helium makes the higher pitch tones resonate more in the vocal track, amplifying them so they are louder in the mix. Now, this doesn't sound like what my aeronautical engineer was telling me. At the same time, it makes the lower tones resonate less in the vocal tract. The two effects combine to create a chimp chimpmunk like sound, flat sound. Essentially, the higher frequencies become stronger. Oh, so they, they, they fade down the low end. It's like the guitar player came in, right? Doesn't want to hear a run. It's like how they mixed in Justice for All. Um, Okay, that just added to my confusion. Okay, fun little side effect, going back to the aeronautical engineer. Fun little side effect that different gases have, different speeds and sound. In helium, the speed of sound at sea level is about 2,250 miles per hour, and this is why your voice is squeaky when you inhale it. I don't know, man. I feel like one of those eggheads might be a little wrong or I'm too stupid to understand that both those eggheads were telling me the same thing in a different way. Who knows? All right. I just like that I'm so, I'm so stupid that you can get fucking smart people to write in. Uh, Siamese twins. Hey there, Billy Bangkok. <laughs> Long time listener here and your podcast helps me get through the workday. I also listen to anything better Podcasts with you and Paul Versey are absolutely hilarious. Yeah, people are loving that podcast. Uh, on your most recent Anything Better episode, there was a brief talk about conjoined twins and why they are called Siamese twins. Yeah, and that was offensive. It's like, why is that? As I make an effort to catch up on your episodes, I remember hearing that you were trying to broaden your g- geographic knowledge at that point. Having said that, what used to be called Siam changed, that's a cool name, changed to what is now Thailand back in 1939. Conjoined twins were called uh, Siamese twins back in the day because of a famous set of twins that were unfortunately considered monsters and basically entered into the circus. Oh my God, you're going to tell me there's a God that that was their life? It's just so fucking brutal. Well, you have the choice to either be un- empathetic and understanding. That's unbelievable. You know, as I shit on everything on this podcast. Like, I'm not part of the problem. Uh, they just so happened to be from Siam, which might explain why the Siamese twins term caught on. It doesn't sound like it has anything to do with the, bio- the biology involved in how twins come conjoined. What the fuck do I know? I'm, not a, I'm no doctor. So basically the people of Thai, thailand there was a there was conjoined twins who had the peter grant level manager and promoter so they became super famous as opposed to any other conjoined twins around the world hope you enjoyed your geographic history lesson what from shit you just copied and pasted you know i tell you dude you know you you're smarter than i am but you cannot follow an aeronautical engineer and more importantly that i 've cle- okay I hope you enjoyed your geographic history lesson and more importantly I, that I cleared up any confusion. Hope you and the nut, lovely Nia and the kids are doing well. Have a most excellent day and kindly go fuck yourself. All right. Sincerely a fellow moron. Oh, I love somebody that knows they're dumb. Beautiful. Um, I bombed this week. Hey, buddy, join the club. Join the club. I had a nice fucking bomb after Don L. Rawlings destroyed at the Laugh Factory last night, doing the best material I've seen him do in his career. That man is at his peak. All right? If you see Don L. Rawlings advertised somewhere, go see that man do stand up. It, uh, it was amazing. All right. I bombed this week, and then I went up there. You know? hadn't done stand-up, getting over a cold fuck oh bill bill billy excuses um no i was like i remember i went in there i said hey is can i go on last you know because i knew it was the end of the show and they said yeah and then after like 10 minutes of watching darnell is like oh shit can i go on the next show <laughs> i was like don't now now now, now you're the one that took those days off. Now go up there and take your fucking medicine. And I did one joke at a time. All right. Hey, Bill, I am a DJ on the side, not the scratching record type. I just do mixes. This past weekend, I hired a DJ at a, at a homecoming dance at a Christian school. The headmaster gave me a stern reminder before the gig began that profanity or any explicit content will result in me not being a repeat entertainer. I had a request line up with my cell phone number. What does that mean? Oh, I had a request line set up with my cell phone number. Oh, I get it, too, uh People call in to hear their favorite hit songs. Uh, the kids were requesting vulgar stuff that was clearly not appropriate for a Christian school, so I took the few good requests and ignored the bad ones. Uh, when I would start to play a song, the kids would shout, Next! Repeatedly until I skipped the track. Oh my God, what a bunch of fucking cunts. What a bunch, dude, that's what it's like if you're a kid and you can carry your entire music collection around in your pocket. How bad did you want to take one of your records and just throw it at whatever the fuck you do now, your laptop, and just fucking frisbee it at the head? Next, go fuck yourself. Oh, that got my blood going. Bunch of no-nothing fucking cunts. All right. Next. Yeah, that's what your mother said when me and my friends were over there. It's just something. Some fucking your mama joke something. Anyway. Um, The kids were requesting... Okay, next. At one point in the night, I saw a large group of kids leave at once, and I got a group picture, picture from them with their thumbs down and saying, we're leaving. Oh, God. Why didn't they come up to you and say that? I then played to an empty room of just four or five faculty members in a large gymnasium. At the end of the day, I got paid and I paid the headmaster, but it still sucks. All right. First of all, that's a great, hilarious story for you to tell other DJs, especially when you make it, right? We've all had those gigs. Secondly, you know what you are? You're a professional. Okay, because if you gave in to them and did what the fuck the guy told you not to do, if you knew that that's what you were going to do, you shouldn't take the gig. Because I used to do that. I would be like, you know, it was kind of a scam. You know, you would do these college showcases and you would work totally clean. And then they'd book you and then they go, yeah, then you go there, you do your real act. And then these fucking people, rightfully so, would get mad because you completely misrepresented yourself. So you did the right thing. Fuck those cunts. All right. If they were men, they would have come up to you and said, "We're leaving." Um, you should have texted. I don't mean, I don't know. I like that you also, you know, you kept your mouth shut. Kept your mouth shut. Didn't rat on your friends. Um, you could have said, "Like, hey, get mad at your fucking teachers." You know, next. You should have turned it up. <laughs> fucking assholes growing hey siri uh, how many gallons are in a fucking car co- whatever the fuck i can't even <laughs> i went too big a measurement i didn't know what's what how many gallons are in a fucking whopper oh god i'm stupid um he interrupts me oh jesus mo god oh god i should have brought Nia out for this one i really got to make more of an effort here i know we got the little ones um and you guys are missing here her on here i really have to I have to do this. But you know, when everybody's got the sniffles and it's like, who has COVID, who doesn't? And then you find out nobody does. You know, it just kind of feels like Al Capone's fault, like there was nothing in there. All right, he interrupts me. Dear Billy Motorboating Burr, uh, I've been with a guy for... <laughs> what does motorboater mean? That, for me, that was when you fucking made that noise between some chick with big tits when I was a kid. What does it mean now? Are you also saying that I run my yap and talk too much because there's a lot of people that would agree with you? Anyway, I've been with a guy for over six years now, and he is a wonderful blue-eyed, blue-collared man with a big heart. I am, however, struggling with his terrible habit of blatantly interrupting me when we talk to each other. All right, wait a second. Is this my wife trolling me? (laughs) It feels like it's written by her. Um, in recent years I have realized that his father is actually worse and that it's more likely where he got the habit from his father raises his voice and talks over his wife while she's in mid-sentence oh god I grew up with that while that may seem well, that may be okay with her my Puerto Rican ass can't stand it oh my god yeah All right. If we're going with stereotypes, Irish people drink, you know. Yeah. Puerto Rican girls. Yeah, I don't. They're not the kind of women you want to piss off as far as my brief period of living just adjacent to Spanish Harlem. Uh, It makes me feel like he's just waiting for his turn to speak. And my boyfriend is not really taking in what I'm saying. Well, that's exactly what you should be feeling. You're also Puerto Rican, so you, you have like a 90% chance of being drop-dead gorgeous, so why are you l- putting up with this? I have pointed this out, which is, what What are you saying? Ugly women should put up with more? I mean, well, that's how it works as an ugly guy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the putting up with more camp. Um, I have pointed this out so many times that today I told him to look up some articles on it because he, his habit has not changed much in the last two years. He does this more when he's anxious, and since COVID, He's pretty much anxious all the time. Do you have any suggestions on how I can improve setting boundaries or how we talk to each other? I have suggested therapy or some sort of medication in the past, but this stubborn Irish man won't do it. I swear to God. If you said you were a black woman, I'd be like, this is my wife writing in. He is a gem of a man, but this habit is frustrating. You're my favorite comic, and I appreciate you taking the time to read this. And you're a sweetheart. Love from, uh, all right, I never say what people are from. Um, Well, I have learned that you can't change somebody. They have to want to change, which is not new advice. But um, you also don't have to put up with it. Um, What I do and what I have found that works is going for a walk. When the person you're with is in the wrong and they're just in an emotional place where they're not capable of saying that they're wrong, which I do all the time, more than my wife. But when my wife does it, look at me protecting the peace of the home. I do it more than she does. Bowing down to you, women are more... Fuck, no, she does it just as fucking much as I do. All right, but I, I'm quicker with the apologies. Um, just, I think just because I'm louder, it's just so obvious that I'm wrong. <laughs> um, I go for a walk, I go out to my garage, I just play drums, and I just, I just sort of like, I just bring the energy way down. You know, I'm not that fun person to live with anymore. I'm just, I'm, I'm here. I'm not leaving, but I'm not fucking. You know, and it's just like you just have to. There's a way to do it to hold them accountable. When somebody is interrupting and talking over you, like how are you going to discuss this with them anyway? It's going to make you more frustrated. So what you do is you just take your ball and you go home. I would just be, oh, you're going to interrupt? Okay, well, I'm not. Okay, and just leave. Where are you going? Well, I'd answer you, but you'd interrupt me like you just did. All right, you just fucking leave. I would just do that, and I would just sort of—I don't know—try to make like a game out of it, and maybe by doing that, the person will realize how much they're doing it. I mean, this is—I mean, this is a half-court shot, if not a full-court shot. I think that's a really what you're up against is a really tough thing. But you also said he's a gem of a guy. So my thing is, are you also? No, I can't say you're doing the woman thing where you're just going to find something. You know, you're just going to find something. I think that's the big thing with them is always, you always have to be working on something while they can just continue to be who they are. So they're, they're molding you so they don't have to adjust themselves at all. It's really fucked up is what it is. But what you're complaining about here, I grew up with, which is unbelievably fucking annoying. And uh, probably one of the many reasons of my layers of anger uh, that I'm trying to work my way through. So hopefully your uh, gem of a boyfriend will hear you. Uh, maybe you could write him a letter, an email. I guess letters are old school. Um, yeah. You can try different techniques, but I don't think any of it involves actually sitting down and discussing something. You can't discuss... I mean, that's like a sketch. I need to sit down and discuss how much you interrupt me as the person interrupts you. Um, So I would do that. You got to go more like passive-aggressive, which is not something that I like to do, but I feel like passive-aggression works in relationships if you're trying to avoid arguing with each other. You don't even have to be passive-aggressive. You can just say, okay... Um, you interrupt, and I would just talk as he continues to talk. You interrupt all the time. I told you I don't like it, so I just made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to, to listen to it anymore because it drives me up the wall. So I'm going for a walk. I'll see you later. And then that's it. And just leave him in the quiet of where you live. All right? And he'll walk around. Oh, fuck, I wasn't interrupting. He's going to talk to himself. And then eventually, he's going to feel how empty that place feels without you and your wonderful spirit. And then that's going to make him pause and think. And then, you know, you do that about uh, five to 10,000 times and that gradually the change will happen. But other than that, it sounds like you got a great guy, but that, that is super fucking annoying. You know what I always wished I had? You know, a chip clip. You know, when somebody would, you know, don't you, don't you think, don't you think. They were talking over you and just fucking clip it right on their fucking lips. <laughs> just clip it and you'd be like, I'm talking. I could sell those for fucking $19.99 at night, right? All right, my girlfriend won't tell me about her jobs and her goals. Um, Oh, by the way, good luck to that next couple. You're going to have beautiful kids someday, I hope. Um, If he shuts the fuck up every once in a while. Um, Hey, Billy Blueberry Balls. I'm a 22-year-old guy from Massachusetts. Oh, Jesus. I've been dating my girlfriend for about five months now and things are going great. Uh, we were friends for about a year and then started dating. So now awkward getting to know each other. So now, now awkward getting to know each other stage. Well, it's because you transitioned from hanging out to banging, right? I don't know. I'm just going to shut up and read this. We both just graduated college and are both looking for jobs. Saying that, saying that I actually got, just got my job, first job working in film. Nice. Nice. I was super excited through the whole process and kept her in the loop with every opportunity that could be considered a legit employment situation, including my current job. She is also looking for a job and had an opportunity fall through due to pay change and other factors. While she has told me some things, she, is, she really hasn't told me a lot. Today, I asked her what type of job she was even looking for because I was curious to see if I knew somebody or could help in any way, such as giving some ideas or suggestions. She had said that I can't help her and I wouldn't know anyone. End of story, right? Like an idiot, I asked if there was a reason she didn't want to share or feel comfortable telling me what she was looking at. She replied with, that's not something that you need to know unless I want to tell you. Jesus. Um, I told her that I understood where she was coming from. Gee, how beaten down are guys now? I mean, if you ever said that to a woman, that's not something you need to know unless I want to tell you. Like the, the relationship's going to continue to move forward. The fucking emergency brake is pulled. You fishtail and you're over on the side of the road until this gets worked out. I told her that I understood where she's coming from. Look, I understand if somebody doesn't want, if she's feeling more pressure, maybe because you got your job first, because God knows it's going to be your fault. Um, or whatever. Maybe she is just like that. Maybe she has anxiety. I don't fucking know. But there's a way to convey that. Now, you might have pushed her and asked her so many times that she then got to that point where she was irritated and said that. I don't know, because I am just hearing it from you. So who knows? I'll tell you, there's a lot of variables here. Uh, I told her that I understood where she was coming from and tried to reassure her that I wasn't going to react negatively to an opportunity, just in case uh, an ex or family has done that to her in the past. Oh, brother. Dude, you're like a fucking therapist. The only reason why I kept asking her about it is because I felt like I want to tell my significant other that I presumably see a future with what I'm looking to do for the next few years. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like some of these other idiots that write write in. I love this dude. You put yourself above other people. I love doing that. I'm above you because I say so. I have an honorary doctorate from me framed on the wall. Um... Don't get me wrong. I'm not like some of these other idiots that write in and are completely out of line or just stupid. I'm just curious to hear you say something that you see that I'm missing. Like, is it weird that she doesn't want to tell me or say so just relax because that's normal behavior? Honestly, can't tell sometimes because I'm a social moron. Thanks for the help and go fuck yourself. All right. I was with you until you said you were a social moron. So you might just be irritating her, causing her to say these hostile things. You know what I would do? I would back the fuck off. That works a lot with women. Just backing the fuck off. Especially when they fill any of their fucking space. Uh, you know, then just let, them, let the pony go prance down the street a couple of fucking times. And the second she knows that you're okay with it, then she'll be like, oh wait, does he not give a fuck anymore? And she'll come up like a stray cat that gave you milk. But that's a game. You don't want to play a game with them. Or maybe you do. I would just back off. i keep the conversation light. And uh, i call her bluff. Okay? That's not something you need to know until I want to tell you. And I would just, you know, wait for her to tell me. Be like, why aren't you asking? Blah, blah, blah. Which was classic human behavior. Don't fucking ask me about that. And then you don't. You don't even care. Classic human behavior, male and female. Right? So I would just back the fuck off and then, you know, when she, if she does that mental mind fuck flip, I would then just say, you know, I was, I just felt like I needed to give you your space because I felt like I was annoying you. You know, and then that's funny because then they can't get mad at that, but then they still are still in mad tone. No. Okay, like, I appreciate that, and you're not annoying me, but, and they're still, and then they kind of realize that they're just sitting in a big bucket of them, and you're not in there anymore, so then they kind of have to fucking, I don't know, I don't know, trying to figure myself out, and then also trying to, like, you know, be in a relationship and figure all of that out, it's, it's it's it ain't easy, it ain't easy, but you can take comfort in the fact that it's not easy with anybody which is why I always find divorcees fascinating. Not that they get divorced. I get saying, you know what? Fuck this and leaving. I get that. But to re-up, to sign up for another hitch, like, okay, I'm going to find this, this person that is just absolutely 100% gets me, calls me, never calls me on any of my bullshit. It's just not going to happen. Um, You know. I think a woman can possibly find a guy like that just because of the dynamics of a relationship. Like to find a woman that isn't going to call you on any of your bullshit. I mean, that's, that's like what they do. You know what I mean? You know, that's like looking down a garden hose and then wondering why you got wet. It's, it's, it's what it does. <laughs> but women can find a guy like dumb enough that he isn't going to be checking up on them or anything or checking in with them at all, which eventually they will resent because they won't feel mentally challenged because they'll realized challenged in a mental way. Did I say that right? Um, in an intellectual way. Are you saying mentally challenged people are intellectual? I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I use too many big words there. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what your fucking question was anymore. All I know is that how I handle shit like that is the same advice I gave to that, that uh, Puerto Rican lady there. It's just, you just, all right, you know. Duly noted. Duly noted. Because the dumbest thing to do is when somebody has makes that big of a fucking hostile statement, is for you to be like, well, you know what? Well, fuck you then. I mean, that's stupid. Because then that's where it is. What you want is the, the the discussion to end on their fucked up statement. And then you're just like, fine, because then it's 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 still it's on their side. You didn't take the bait and say something fucked up, which I actually think a lot of times, you know, the other person wants you to do, so then you can argue about. It. Yeah, it's like deflection or whatever the fuck they call it. All right, I'm in way over my head here. All right, people. That is the podcast. Um Go fuck yourselves. Have a great week. I'll check Get in on you on Thursday. And uh, that's it. Oh, hey, you know, I didn't even talk Red Sox-Yankees. I got totally out of the loop with baseball. I think the Yankees got us two games in a row. I don't know what that means. Playoff implications. But I thought the Blue Jays was sort of dropping off. I have no idea what. It's an amazing race, and I haven't had the fucking time to watch it. But um, this has been like a good title fight. You know, the Red Sox were pouring on, and then we fucking, then the Yankees came back, gave us the right there, Fred, with the 13-game winning streak. Then we started fucking pouring on. They started dropping up. Now we're face-to-face. They're pouring on. So who knows? We're meeting the playoffs. Maybe we get them. I don't know. If I knew, if I did know, I would have won my bets on NFL Sunday. All right, that's it. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday.